Our Old Testament reading is from Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two wings they covered their feet, and with two wings they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is filled with His glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away from you, and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. Our second reading comes from Timothy chapter 6, verses 11 through 16. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God who gives life to everything, and of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see. To him be honor and might forever. Amen. I invite you to rise for our gospel reading, taken from Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone who is in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Sanctify them by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. Our text for this blessed day was chosen by Glenn's pastor years ago. This is his confirmation verse. I know it's of great meaning for him, but I pray for all of you who are here to welcome, in God's name, your new shepherd. Dear saints of God in Christ Jesus, brothers and brother Glenn, the key word for the pastorate of being an under-shepherd of Christ is the word agony. 
but it is a kalon aguna, a beautiful or lovely agony. There's many things that you could do in life, many things that you're qualified to do, but God, as he called Isaiah, has called you here to this place and time, the triune God. What I brought along are some old tools that were my great-uncle Elmo's. He came from western Iowa. No trees, I assure you, no trees. They had to get their wood from Minnesota, up from the north. It came down by train, rough logs, dropped off at Humboldt, Iowa, and the family had to go then 20-some miles in a wagon to get this precious wood. Now, the most precious wood is, of course, Christ at the cross. The other precious wood is all behind you, Glenn. This is a drawing knife. The first thing they had to do with that rough log that came in is they had to come and to shuck off all of the bark and all the little twigs. It was a hard, hard job. It was an agony. It was tough. Uncle Elmo said it really hurt his back. This shepherd of yours, at times, will use this on you. He will point out things that are not right, doing it as a Christian loving person, but he's not going to let you go through life with that old bark of sin. It has to be cut off. That's the rough use of this thing. The next part of the pastoral agony is actually more agonizing. <laughs> they used to call this thing an AIDS, but in view of pronunciation and misunderstanding, some say I should call it the ADS. You would get the log in, and now you had to shape it. By the way, the reason why I'm using these implements is your pastor is a shaper or shaper. He's to reshape you, always more and more in the image of God. This terrible thing, you'd straddle the log and you would progressively chop, 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 chop to square it off. And once you got one done, you had three more sides. This is the Christian education that he's going to be bringing to you. It's squaring things up, knocking off the things that are off kilter. And it takes a lifetime. You know that. Begin with confirmation, guys. Right, Eli? And work it this way. Going back to this drawing knife. This was used for smoothing, for getting just the right angle, just the right smoothness, the curve. 
in the hands of an expert who knows God's word, who majored, or excuse me, I think you had your minor in Greek and philosophy, my man. (laughs) This was for the fine-tuning, the fine-cutting, the drawing knife to make God's people more beautiful in God's eyes by faith in Christ Jesus. That's enough of my object lessons. They may ask you for an object lesson once in a while, and I've got tubs of objects (laughs) in my office, and, and Karen, our good secretary, can help you find them, right? Now for something of a little more substance. But you, old man of God, keep fleeing away from all this. Well, what is he talking about? But previous to this text, he's talking about how people in the ancient world, including apparently pastors, sometimes like to squabble about words, sometimes about theology. How sometimes they were in it to make their mark in the world even to make money. And Paul is saying, keep running away from all of this. The world around us has its own agenda for you. And God forbid you don't follow that agenda. You may well become a mark, a marked man. Paul mentions making the good confession, literally, again, Colon, beautiful, it's always tied with the gospel, the beautiful homologeo, which doesn't mean what we think it does. A homologeo simply means to agree with God. That makes it easy. Your job is simply to find out what God is saying. But then comes the agony. Whatever you speak in God's truth to save souls, the world will not stand for. You'll be criticized, made fun of. And I think in this day and age, as things are getting darker in a religious sense, Brother Glenn, you may bear a load that maybe some of us have never gone through. This is not a Christian nation like Canada is. eh? (laughs) Or maybe I'm being too charitable, I don't know. The good confession is an ongoing agony. But you speak it because it brings life and salvation to lost souls. That's the beauty of it. Remember at your confirmation, at one point your pastor asked you in some words, are you willing to face death? rather than fall away from this word. And at your young age, you said, now I'll try to do this in Canadian. You said to your pastor, ya sure ya betcha. (laughs) Well, people in North Dakota say that too. willing to die for your Christian faith. There's the final agony. And that word agon is first and foremost applied to Jesus himself. He went to the cross in great agony. 
who for the joy that was set before him, however it says in Hebrew, endured the cross, suffering its shame, and is now seated at the right hand of God in glory. Life will always involve some sort of pain, but this is the beautiful kind. Whatever you may see him suffer for the sake of Christ and the gospel, he means to set an example for all of you. The Christian life was never intended to be an easy thing. In the history of the church, the first 300 years were the time of persecution, where Christians by the tens of thousands made the good confession, were unafraid of who they believed in, continued to speak about it, to do their evangelism, the speaking of the good news, in spite of all that might happen. Since Glenn has had further expert training, I believe, in evangelism and in the different biblical ways that it can be done, listen to him. I don't want to ever get a report back that some of you is going around saying, but Pastor Blaine didn't do it that way. Because I'll come back and haunt you. Yeah, it could be embarrassing, yeah. He knows, he's gone through, you've tested various things. You're probably chomping at the bit to get ready to start doing things. My only word of uh, wisdom to you is, go slowly. This ship doesn't turn very fast. And so Paul literally says, continue to be agonizing the good agony of faith. And what does that involve? Then taking hold, grabbing on tightly to eternal life to which you were called when you made your beautiful agreement with God, your confession of faith. Notice that he talks about Christ Jesus himself. At one point in the early church, they recommended to people that they should become little Christs. The German Lutheran Dietrich Bonhoeffer said the same thing, to become little Christs to the world around you. Now, unless any of you have turned into hermits since I've left, I know that most of you know lots of different people around you. And you should be sharing your faith lovingly and eagerly. After all, who's the evangelist in this congregation now at this ordination? Don't any of you think that you got the professional to do it for you? Because he will be very disappointed. You all have your calling to share the gospel and he is here to equip you as God's servant so that you may know more clearly and with a greater strength of character what this Christian faith is all about and you're to keep doing this until the final epiphany epiphania the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ
North, when you got here to do your vacancy, suddenly you had how many funerals? Three, virtually all at once. It broke my heart that I couldn't do anything about those funerals at that time. But those saints who passed on were always interested in sharing the gospel. That's one of the singular things about this congregation. They do it in their own special way. You may, in fact, learn a few things from them. Who knows? But they are a very friendly group, and that translates into being a good witness. This business of sharing the gospel of the blessed agony will continue until the appearing, the epiphany of our Lord Jesus Christ, and that will be at the end of time. So that's your job now. Do you think you might be here with your new shepherd at the end of time? Something to think about. But you too now are to share in this beautiful agony of following Christ, having that word applied to you in law and gospel, especially that good news of forgiveness. They already know they're sinners. I've told them that for a few years. (laughs) But they need to hear that ongoing gospel, the good news of forgiveness. To him be the glory and the kratos, the divine power, forever. All glory be to God. And here is the Lord's servant, for which we give thanks to God this day. Amen. And the peace of God that passes understanding will keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen.